on this edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast, a production of NBC Sports Chicago and NBCSportsChicago.com. Tim Stebbins, Gordon Wittenmeyer, and I talk Halloween candy, a trip down memory lane from 2016, and some sad injury news. The Cubs have some top prospects really banged up. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Election Day in Illinois is Tuesday, November 8th. Are you ready? NBC Chicago has everything you need to prepare to vote. Head to NBCChicago.com slash Illinois Elections 2022 for a look at the top races on your ballot, like Illinois Governor and Secretary of State, and the biggest issues up for vote, like the Workers' Rights Amendment. There's also lots of info on how and where to cast your ballot. Whether you're voting early or election day, it's all at NBCChicago.com slash Illinois Elections 2022. See you at the polls. Let's play two. Welcome into the Cubs Talk Podcast, presented by NBC Sports Chicago, NBCSportsChicago.com. Tony Gill's at the controls. Gordon Whitmire, Tim Stebbins, I'm David Kaplan. We are recording this on Halloween. So I have an important Halloween-related question <laughs> to ask you before we dive into the latest Cubs news. Your f- favorite Halloween candy and the most overrated Halloween candy. Oh, I thought you were going to give me... I saw some tweets about this. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping to... You'd share yours first, but I can go first. Yeah, I want to follow up on your tweets. I I was very curious. I was interested in this conversation on Twitter. Okay, my favorite Halloween candy would either be Kit Kat, whatchamacallit, 100 grand. Those three dark chocolate like Hershey's is awesome. Something like that. Snickers, I'm good. The most overrated candy is Reese's peanut butter cups. (laughs) It's, It's you know, I agree with that. And it's not because they're terrible. It's because they're not that great. They're not off the charts. It's just good candy. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, my God, Reese's. Stop. Um, I like Mounds. I mean, I'll take Almond Joy, too, but I kind of like. Mounds is very good. I like coconut. Yeah, I love love the coconut. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes sometimes you don't. I I like dark chocolate. Uh, Kit Kats, man. They got pumpkin flavored Kit Kats this Halloween, and I don't know how people feel about pumpkins. Yeah, I'm not a pumpkin. Gotta be friggin' kidding! Very, very. You had it? Oh yeah, they were. They're kind of addicting. Um, but my go-to has always been Skittles. I'm kind of with you on uh, Reese's, but I'll take it a step further. Reese's Pieces, 
not a fan. I'd rather just have M&Ms at that point, I think. There you go. Or Skittles. <laughs> Gordon, your favorite. Yeah, I think M&Ms are friggin' addicting. Oh. I love M&Ms. And uh, for a candy bar, probably probably got to go Snickers. I will say this, Cap, you brought it up. The 100 grand bar, that might be the most underrated one. Completely agree. Tony Gill, what's that your favorite Halloween candy and your most overrated? I'm not really a chocolate guy, so I lean towards uh, Skittles. You and my wife, she's not chocolate yeah, either. I mean, if, if if there's a Snickers there, uh, you know, I'll grab it, or Three Musketeers, oh, I'll yeah. grab it. Um, but yeah, I, I I tend to stay with the with the Skittles, Starburst. So if Smarties. we were out to dinner and dessert came, and there was apple pie or cherry pie or chocolate cake or key lime pie, you're going non chocolate cake, probably. Hey Tony, wow. did you say Smarties? Yeah, those those are underrated too. Those are good, yep. man. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, I and thought that's, I, that's some old school. That's some old school candy there. I love that. That is. I should have worn my costume today. I was a uh, I was a pickle for Halloween. A pickle, <laughs> a pickle. I, uh, I'm not a big costume kind of dressing up guy. So I went to the store last minute for a uh, festivity over the weekend, and I saw what I thought was a cactus. I went up and reached out. <laughs> wasn't a cactus, but I'm like, pickle. I don't really eat pickles, just like the whole pickle, you know? But I'm like, that's kind of fun. Uh, and I wore it, and I could uh, just put it over my pants and my hoodie. So you were good. I was a pickle, but my sisters, I met up with them, and they were like 60s-themed outfits, and then it's just a pickle in the middle of the picture. So it's pretty funny. Put that in the <laughs> pretty funny. Hey, hey, Tim, I got a question about the pickles. Underrated too. Twix. Go ahead, Gordon. Where, where do you put your arms? In the pickle costume. Oh, they got holes for it and a face hole and everything. Well, doesn't when you put your arms out, doesn't that make it a cactus? Well, you know what, Gordon? That's a great question. When we were taking our photos and everything, I kept saying, I don't know what to do with my hands because pickles don't have hands and arms. So that was definitely a conflict for sure. <laughs> you, yeah, you could have just told everybody you were cactus or something if you had green sleeves. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into some Cubs baseball. First of all, we have injury news that's not good. It's not like you know, that guy strained a hamstring, so he's you know out for a while. We've got serious injury news. Alexander Canario, who everybody loves as a prospect, seriously injured. We'll get Tim to update that. And then more problems with the back, apparently, for Brennan Davis and issues for Miguel Amaya. Yeah, um, obviously, people. the video is out there. Um, if people are so interested in seeing it, but yeah, Alexander Canario is playing in the Dominican Winter League. And oh boy, that's not pretty. Yeah, he ground ball to shortstop, running to first base, and uh, it, he didn't really, you know, take an odd step. It didn't look like, and when he planted his left foot to hit the bag or right in front of it, his ankle rolled um, inward, and and uh, he, he fractured his left ankle, and he also dislocated his shoulder um, as he was obviously going to the ground after that. So obviously not a short-term injury. And that's a guy who, um, you know, huge minor league season was somebody that was knocking on the door for a big league promotion sometime next year. And really, if he had a good spring training, maybe play his way into the mix for an opening day roster spot. So huge implications there. And uh, Gordon, uh, what's the Brennan Davis news? Yeah, well, Brennan Davis had, quote, general soreness, we were told. But now it turns out, and, and even even when we asked, we were told, no, it's just general soreness. But uh, it's specifically in the area that he had the back surgery. It's in his back, right? And he had back surgery. It wasn't, uh, 
it wasn't a disc. It wasn't uh, a structural thing. It was to relieve some pressure. I think it had to do more with circulatory stuff, if I remember it right. Um, and he made a full recovery, although his offseason was about regaining strength. And then, uh, and then he was uh, playing, and they uh, and they pulled him from the lineup, shut him down. They called it general soreness, but it was back soreness, back tightness, uh, whatever you want to call it. And what that means going forward, especially after this guy had surgery in that area, I don't know. But but Tim, you can you can tell me what you think, Cap. You can tell me what you think. But these two guys, Canario and and Davis, were part of the part of their outfield depth going into spring training next year maybe not either one breaking camp with the team possibly one of them breaking camp with the team we don't know uh, what it would have looked like but right now um, I think it throws at least your depth and maybe center field into question there's no question it throws center field into question that's why you reach into the cushions in the lobby of the new <laughs> office building and you get enough out of it to sign Aaron Judge there's your center fielder yeah, I mean, Can you imagine if it was Ian Happ, Aaron Judge, and Seiya Suzuki? Take that. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, that'd be pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll say the Brennan Davis news doesn't concern me, for one, not nearly as much as Canario, obviously, but I don't think it's the, I don't, it doesn't concern me a ton just because, you know, he missed so much time and he came back. And I know he played a little bit with uh, Iowa and South Bend rehabbing and he jumped into the fall league. Well, as Gordon was saying, his, stated goal for the winner was building up strength in his back. So I feel like if you're jumping back into play that quick and we don't know, obviously the extent of the workouts he was able to do and the strength that level he was at as the fall league started, maybe this popping up shouldn't be the biggest surprise. I don't know from what we're like, I think it was the athletic who said it was back tightness. So that doesn't concern me, not nearly as much as a, of a fractured ankle, obviously, but uh, the fact that it popped up, you know, this, this this fall league was definitely a chance to make up reps, and that is now. Yeah, it's disappointing. Okay, I also have another question for you guys. Oh, wait, yeah. can I can I throw one more thing into this? Yeah. Because, um, uh, Tim, you saw the video. I don't know if you saw the video cap of Canario's injury. Not, I heard about it and had no interest in watching it. I broke my ankle playing, not baseball, playing basketball, and zero interest in watching and reliving that. It's awful. Well, 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 my thing is, and this is this is probably a question for, for the team in spring training, is just a few months ago, well, April, right? Uh, Ed Howard, or it might have been early May, Ed Howard uh, runs to first, uh, tries to beat out an, in, an infield uh, roller, hits the bag wrong, and he twists and turns and falls over the bag. Tears up a, a very serious hip injury. So these are two real serious hip injuries uh, on – Ball's running to first. Now, on the one hand, they seem really flukish and freakish, and maybe it's nothing more than that. But if I'm the Cubs, I at least talk to my strength people, my coaching staff, and I say, "Are we do <laughs> Do we need to address this?" And I and I don't I don't know what the answer to that is, and I don't know Soft how you would address bases. it. But, Softer but, bases. Well, that's a that's a league issue. Uh, but uh, in the meantime. Um, Man, that's two very similar-looking plays that just cost you two really good prospects for the for a yeah, that's long. That's how they lost Corey, Corey Patterson in two thousand three. He hit a there wet face so. trying to beat a ball out, having the best season of his career. It's July fourth, I think. Bam! There goes the ACL. See you later. 
in comes Aramis and Kenny Lofton, and the rest is history. So Chris uh, Chris Bryant hit a wet base one time and and uh, got injured. I, it was it wasn't serious. Uh, it wasn't a serious injury, but it, it cost him a little bit of time. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you know you're saying wet bases, right? So soft base is a different story, but they, the bases are getting bigger in 2023, and that's already been in a minor league. So I don't you know they might have already been playing on the, these bases these, these prospects, but maybe that'll help uh, big league on down, but. The soft bases thing is interesting for sure. Uh, yeah, you get a pillow sponsor. Yeah, you know, there you <laughs> go. Just not that my pillow guy. No, we'll pass on him. He's nuts. Uh, okay. Here's a question. Yesterday, Your guy, Cap. Yeah, not my guy. Yesterday, six years ago, yesterday, John Lester pitched a hell of a ball game. Araldis Chapman, I think, an eight out or seven out save. And the Cubs win to stay alive in the World Series. And wait, get wait, it. wait. Cleveland. If, if I remember right, wasn't uh, Halloween the off day? Halloween was the off day, correct. Like Cap said okay. yesterday. No? Yeah, so it was Sunday. Yesterday. Oh, yes. So Sunday. We uh, Six years ago, Sunday. Okay. Yeah, yesterday. Yes. Oh, yeah. that was outstanding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Which of the... Games that were won in that postseason run was your favorite. Some say game five, John Lester. And I remember seeing Ben Zobris before the game, and he's like, we ain't losing with John Lester on the hill. Just get your ticket ready to get to Cleveland. And some say it's game uh, game six when the Cubs won five nothing to get to the World Series. Kyle Hendricks beats Kershaw. The whole deal ends on a double play by Puig. Others obviously say it's game seven to win the World Series. I'll start with you, Gordon, because you were there like me. Your favorite game in that playoff run that year. I'll tell you what wasn't my favorite game, and people are going to take this the wrong way if they don't listen all the way through, is game seven of the World Series. <laughs> <'Cause Gordon laughs> because headline. That son of a bitch. I was... We just kept losing deadlines all through the night as that game played on, down to where I think we had two pages left in the paper they were holding. So it was, uh, I mean, that was that was uh, uh, frantic and, and uh, nerve-wracking and the whole thing. And you didn't know which way it was going to go either. So I, I had no chance to enjoy it, even just as theater, um, uh, you know, which is too bad. You know, I, I need to go back and watch watch that and see if I can relive it that way. I'll tell you what my favorite was, though. My my favorite, and again, this isn't. I'm not a I'm not a a, a team fan, um, but for the uh, magnitude of it and for the moment, like feeling the moment of what was happening and really feeling like I was witnessing history and also. All the details that made it that game six, when they clinched the pennant, Hendricks didn't just win. He dominated a good Dodgers team that it the did. next year went on this run where they've been the best team this side of the Astros ever since. And and he did it against Clayton Kershaw. I mean, just all the pieces that were in place and the the, the scene that ensued on the field knowing you know looking around knowing that wrigley field is going to see a world series again uh just uh, just that idea win or lose the world series is coming to wrigley field that was a phenomenal baseball moment and that i feel privileged to be part of 
Yeah, I'm with Gordon. It was game six. Like game uh, seven was amazing in the whole deal. It was exhausting. It was, for me, a microcosm of what it means to be a Cub fan. Yeah. You know, you're up. And all of a sudden, Except they won. <laughs> correct. And then it got washed away. All the crap for 108 years was gone. We did it. Literally washed away. Yes. But, oh, man, to be up, then they get the two runs on the wild pitch by Lester, and then... David Ross hits a homer. We're happy. And then Rajay freaking Davis hits a home run off Chad. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That didn't just happen. And then the heart in your throat moment when Jason Kipnis yanked one off Chapman in the ninth foul. I thought it was gone when it left the bat. Jed Hoyer on camera said, I thought it was out. That was it. We were done. We lost. That game had everything. Game six to blow them out the way they did. I think Addison Russell had what five or six RBIs in the second inning. Yeah, it was insane. Chris Bryant hit a bomb that's still going. Addison Russell a grand slam. Then he hit the ball into the outfield that Naquin and oh yeah, Chisenhall. Uh, uh, who Chisenhall? No, it wasn't Chisenhall. It was Tyler Naquin and somebody else. Both came over, looked at each other, and it dropped. Yes, it was insane. But that's the moment that that right there. And that was the first inning, I believe. That's the moment I knew the Cubs were going to win that game. And I thought they were going to win the series. It was like, OK, you guys have been getting more than your share of bad breaks. We got one for you. And I'm looking at Indians fans who are holding their head in their hands like that didn't just happen. And then, bam, Addison Russell grand slam after Brian had hit a homer to make it one nothing. That, as I said, still hadn't landed. That game was really cool. But game five, walking in down 3-1 going, are we going to get beat four games to one? <laughs> nope. John Lester's on the hill. That's why we signed that guy. And he dominated. And then Chapman came in in the seventh and closed her down. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, once you got uh, Lester, right? The, the rotation, the way it stacked up, you Lester, Arietta Hendricks, like everyone remember said back then, don't let the Cubs win one. And sure enough, we all know what happened. Uh, I'm with you too, where I think as a, like a Chicagoan uh, game six was, I look back on that. It was almost cooler. And maybe it's just because <laughs> game, game six NLCS or game six world series. Yes. The pennant. I think yeah, that's being there. Like, were you there? No. Okay. Gordon and I were there. like to look up and see people sobbing in the stands, like literally like adults sobbing. They cannot believe the Chicago Cubs are in the World Series. Yeah, maybe it's just because it was a home game. But like if you I, I liked how that one played out more like the double play to end it. Javi throws a rocket to first base like and, and just the eruption. Whenever I watch that back, you know, I like you're looking at old highlights. That one that one is like kind of chills worthy. I know a lot of people probably feel the same about game seven, but for whatever reason, not for me. My favorite. If we're talking about favorite games from 16, though, is not. Any of those. It's it's game four of the DS against the Giants. Oh, the comeback. I just watched that. Yeah. That oh. game, I, I was uh I was at DePaul and I had to step out to go down to campus mid game. And uh I'm watching the game uh at school and they were down bad. And I got home and my sister's a huge Cubs fan and she was she was down in the dumps. I'm like, well, this team in 16, everyone you remember that team came back all the time. All the time. It was a calling card. And I'm like, well, we they've done they've done this a lot. Just to stay 
They were three down in the ninth. Yeah, and they, they go up there. They went 6-5, and it was just rally, rally, rally. Uh, and then Chapman strikes out the side. I think that was my favorite game from that whole run. Just how they looked, they looked so down and out. They came back. You got Jed and Theo and McLeod in the stands, like watching, pumping their fists. Like that was pretty cool to me. That was three down in the ninth to come back. Wilson Contreras, the game tying it. Now, if you talk about the whole run, I'll go back to 2015 when you beat the Cardinals' ass at Wrigley. Javi a three-run home run off of John Lackey. And we're celebrating and we beat the Cardinals and Schwarber hit the one up on the scoreboard. Ain't much sweeter than that, man, to beat the dead birds. Oh not, man. Not only that, but, but they went through uh, the pirates too uh, on that, uh, that crazy night in Pittsburgh. And, right. And a complete dominant performance by Arietta and Schwarber. He hit one in the ball into the river. river. Yeah. And then the story goes that on the plane, where did they play Gordon? Like right before that series, right before that game to close out the season, wherever well, they, they were, they had time to go home first. They came home and then they flew to Pittsburgh, but on the flight from wherever they were, I was told by someone on the plane, Rizzo, he said, Jake Arietta stood up, got the microphone from the flight attendant and said, <laughs> Just letting you know, they have zero chance. The wild card's over. <laughs> they will not touch me. It's over. And they said the whole plane erupted. Everyone's like, all right, we're good. And he did. He shut him out. Beat Garrett Cole. Milwaukee. That came from Milwaukee uh, end of the season. There you go. So it must have been the flight from Milwaukee to Pittsburgh. Game over. So to know that you had a guy with that type of cojones who gets up on the plane. And then Tony can find the tweet. Jake Arietta tweeted, you have it? Yeah. The tweet from oh, yeah. Arietta yeah. at Pirates fans. What did he say? Uh, it's loading up what he quote tweeted, but his tweet was, whatever helps keep your hope alive, just know it doesn't matter. And then, <laughs> David, bring out all the reinforcements. I need it loud. I think the Pirates that series gave their fans some sponsored thing, a card, and it was like, at this moment in the game, in this inning, say this, Arietta, chant his last name. They, they had to like tell their fans, like, how to how to cheer and try to heckle? Yeah, and, and Arietta was unfazed, obviously. No, it was so good that he went on social media the day before the game. Whatever makes you, gives you hope, just know it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you'll back that up. But what was the final? Four nothing, five nothing, four nothing. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy who that year. If anyone's gonna, you know, be that bold and confident, <laughs> he was the one who was going to be able to back it up. So good for him. Because so I, I figured. Because of the anniversary was yesterday, we could relive a few moments for everybody. That was an amazing. You, you'd look at the two years. Actually, go into 17, too, because uh, there's crazy stuff happened there. 15 to 17. What a tremendous three-year rolling story of Cubs history. It was incredible. Just the, the no expectations going into 15. Well, some expectations. You, you had Lester and Joe Madden aboard and a strong finish in 14. But nobody, maybe maybe a winning season. I mean, that's kind of what you expected. 80-something wins. Uh, even internally, the Cubs expected something more. and They didn't expect to make the playoffs. 97 friggin' wins and the hottest pitcher in baseball since Bob Gibson. And you go through this incredible run the Peters out against the Mets. And then you come back in 16, all the expectations in the world. And they met them. They met them, if not exceeded them in many ways. 103 wins and on and on. 
17, adversity, World Series hangover, and who wouldn't? The World Series in baseball history. And they and they rebounded in the second half, got their epic series on fumes against the Nationals to get to the LCS one more time. And, and then the Dodgers beat them. But from that stretch starting 15, probably from Madden's higher to the Dodgers series in 17. It was an incredible run. And, and remember that the Cubs stayed in the Weston Hotel for the uh, time in Cleveland. So we, the first trip in the games one and two, I was at that hotel. Game six and seven, I was at the Marriott downtown. Holly and I, Todd Hollinsworth and I, decided to walk over to the team hotel to get coffee and just see what's going on. I get done with radio. We walk over there. There's Ben Zobris get in line with me at Starbucks <laughs> in the lobby. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, a little nervous. He goes, it's been 108 years, man. Then I see Theo. And I said, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, good. How are you doing? I said, effing terrified. <laughs> Laughed about 20 minutes later. It's it's still somewhere on my phone. 20 minutes later, I get a text. Relax. We've got this. From Theo. <laughs> relax. We've got this. I immediately relaxed. I told my brother, we're good. They had it lined up, man. They they knew if they got it back to Cleveland, they had it lined up. And for him to text me on the day of game seven, I went, okay, we're good. And if you'd have told me it was going to go down the way it did with the Rajay Davis Homer and all the other knots, I would never have believed it. Yeah. I mean, it was fitting for that team and the 108 years in Cleveland too, with their drought. That was, that was a pretty fitting game seven. I think it's kind of crazy to think that the guy you talked to that wasn't Theo was the guy who had the, the go ahead hit. <laughs> right. I'm a little nervous, which is understandable and very reason, fair as a, as a player. Like that's human element side, but he goes up there and two strike hit goes the other way to put them in front uh, in extra innings after all the stuff you've talked about, Roger Davis and everything in freaking credible. Well, the World Series is tied at one as we speak. Game three is tonight. It could end this week. It should end this week. When I think game seven is when? Monday? Next Monday? When is next? Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Game. Okay, so next. It will end this week. Saturday. Saturday's game seven. Saturday's game seven. So next week, we will have guys filing for free agency. Oh, I'm heading to the GM meetings on Sunday. GM okay. meetings open on uh, Monday morning. Okay, so Rizzo is going to expected to opt out. Got by uh, next Thursday. Yeah. Do if he does, and we believe Jim Bowden saying he will. If he does, do you think the Cubs make a phone call at all to see if they if he has any interest before they move on and look at Jose Abreu or Matt Mervis or Gordon, whoever it is. They should. I, I, I doubt. I doubt it. Uh, and and I think that the. Uh, I think even before that happens, and it might be happening as we speak. Uh, I think the Yankees. I think the Yankees bring him back. Um, he's been so important to them. Exactly. I think that's what happens. What do you think, Tim? Do they give him a call. I mean, I don't think they engage personally, and I love Riz. I think they ripped the Band-Aid off last year. It was so stunning. Like, 
I expected Chris Bryant to get traded. I knew they weren't going to reset him. I wasn't shocked they traded Javi. You traded Mr. Cub part two? Traded him first <laughs> of all those yeah. guys. Right. <laughs> the day before. Um, like Mr. Cub got traded? That was what I found stunning. I don't think they're going to do it again. Uh, I'm kind of with Gordon where whether they would want to, I don't know if they would have a chance before the Yankees figure that one out. You know, like he might opt out, but the minute he relays that to them, they can start working on re-upping in a new new contract. So whether the Cubs would want to, I just see the Yankees not letting it get past. Okay, you're opting out. Let's go now and figure this out. Correct. However, Let's- however, if it does get past that, if somehow they can't work something out and he becomes a bona fide free agent that the Yankees are no longer in on, Depending on where his market goes, if, if he lingers on the market, and again, and again, I don't see this as a scenario that's even remotely likely, but if if he lingered after that, and I don't think he would, I could see a scenario toward the end of the free agency where the Cubs engage him or he engages them, um, and, there, and there might be a fit. In a scenario like that, that's your most likely scenario where he would do it and 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 there would be less of a less of a sort of a, a bitter bitterness or a bitter sweetness to coming back. Well I'll add this. I mean the Yankees general manager is Brian Cashman whose contract is up and you know Gordon right when you did your story earlier this year on Rizzo early in the season Cashman had a lot of high praise for him and that's not to say if somehow after all this time, Cashman were let go. The next guy who came in wouldn't value Rizzo, but I wonder how that factors in, not only on if Cashman does go, what does the next guy feel about that position, but um, how you have to figure out your general manager spot before you do any transactions, right? They well, to- may, not, not, not necessarily. Not, not, not if they get, not if, uh, I mean, he's not going to break the bank, and and he might be so obvious that you get it done sooner rather than later. Look, one of the things that Boone and Cashman both said when they were in town um, and we talked to them about Rizzo was that uh, he can play. He's one of those guys that has a personality built for the pinstripes. And that's saying something. That's one of the first things Yankee brass has looked at in players. They bring into the organization going back decades and decades. How they can handle of- the mystique of being a Yankee. Right. Go back to Ed Whitson and anybody who's young and doesn't remember this, go look up Ed Whitson and the stories on him back in the day. Some players can't handle the Bronx. Rizzo handled it beautifully. And he's a gold glove defender at the position that makes the rest of the infield better. And he's a left-handed slug guy with a short right field porch who has come up huge for that reason for this team. I I think it's just too obvious the Yankees keep him. Yeah, I'd be. I'll be shocked if the Yankees let him leave. Shocked. I still, I still think they got to figure out Cashman, which shouldn't take long before they do any transactions. I'm pretty certain about that. But Cashman, and that could be any day now where they figure that one out. So this point that I'm making is probably. Do you think Cashman's back? I think that's what everyone's saying. Like the, the expectation seems to I be. Think he's, back. I mean, he's been there for so long at this point. Like, I think so. Uh, and I think that'd be handled. I mean, GM meetings is next week, right? So. Yeah. If, unless unless they're planning to go in there without a GM, which you know it wouldn't be first time a team probably has done Dude, that. Do you know how many times Gordon? I don't know if you remember this. George Steinbrenner did not allow his front office to go to the winter meetings or the GM meetings. 
You can look it up. He's like, we're not playing that game. You're saying no, no Yankees win. You're saying, Nobody. Oh, wow, I thought you meant like he went or something. Well, that that was decades ago. I mean, look, look uh, one of the things you got to remember is Hal Steinbrenner came out last week, I think it was, and said Boone's back. Correct. The owner, the owner came out and said Boone's back. If he's saying that about the manager, I don't think he intends to switch up the the GM. Yeah, I'll be shocked if if they get rid of the GM. Well, um. First base, then Cubs. <laughs> Look, let's see if, if uh, Rizzo is staying there. We'll be on the lookout for that, I guess. Well, gentlemen, have a great rest of your day. We're one-one in the World Series, so my prediction of a sweep is gone. I still think the Astros win it. I said five, but once <laughs> once Philly came back in Game One, I started to feel uh, started to sweat a little bit. <laughs> you know, they, they, <laughs> It took coming back from 5-0. I mean, they fell fell behind 5 nothing in both games. I know, but man, I I thought I guess I thought this would be more one-sided uh than they have shown so far, like just to be able to do that. So I think I'm going to be proven wrong, but we'll see. Gordon, you picked what? Five? Well, I picked uh I can't remember if I picked five or six, but Philly's gonna be frigging crazy. Uh, there's no way in my mind that the Astros go in there and sweep the next three games. So, I mean, this is going back to Houston, in, in my mind, the way I see it now. Um, I, I still think the Astros are going to win uh, just because they're that much better. But, but the, I mean, the Phillies are, are, are going to give them a series. They already yeah. have. And, by the way, our friends at the White Sox Talk podcast are waiting for the shoe to drop on who the manager's going to be. Now we heard today Carlos Mendoza is going to interview, according to John Heyman. He's the Yankee bench coach. Yeah, yeah, they've already screwed up. They've already screwed up by by not uh, hiring Ozzy. They should have hired Ozzy. I would hire Ozzy. They said Ozzy's still in there, but not expected to get it. Oh, same with Joe Espada, and same with uh, Pedro Grafal. Yeah, Scott Merkin and Ron said, Washington. Scott Scott Merkin said uh, Espada is out. One one thing that I don't I haven't seen any, you know reports on this but people are wondering if Kevin Long the the Phillies hitting coach would be uh, someone they're waiting on but he's remember he's a guy with Schwarber he worked with in Washington and Schwarber signed with Philly after Kevin Long went there and Schwarber really credits him for kind of getting him back on track um but he this this managerial search has been very very low key and not a lot of uh you know it's not like other sports where they tell you who they're interviewing but it seems like quieter than usual so I wonder if that's where they're going with that. Yeah, Bochi never did get a call from the White Sox. He confirmed that. And Joe Madden has not heard from the White Sox. So there's some veterans. Yeah, that, that's to be expected. I tell you what, they keep. I don't know that they're going to do this, but uh, the, the most, maybe the most underrated guy in that mix that, that we just listed off is Ron Washington. That guy, players play hard for that guy. And he's a great baseball man. So um, they might they might do well to... Uh, Hire him if they want somebody who's experienced, which they said they do. They might not have anybody better on their list uh, unless they're going to hire Ozzy. Guys, have a great day, and I'll talk to you later in the week. Yes, sir. See you guys. All right, for Gordon, for Tim, for Tony Gill, I'm David Kaplan. That's another fun edition. We went back down memory lane here on the Cubs Talk podcast, a presentation production of NBC Sports Chicago and NBCSportsChicago.com. Talk to you next time. Take that. 
Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.